Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You guys have heard me talk about Red Door Grill for almost a year now on 610 Sports Radio, and they're the proud sponsor of the Bobcast. And I'll tell you what, I'm a proud eater at Red Door Grill. In fact, my family and I love going to Red Door Grill, not just on Mondays for burgers or Thursdays for fried chicken, but just about every single day of the week. Because every time we walk into a Red Door Grill location, we're walking out of there feeling satisfied, feeling great, and knowing we got some of the best food in Kansas City. $5 burgers on Monday is where the week starts. You're not going to find a better deal than that. The best burger in town for just $5. You want some fries, it'll cost you a buck more. And then on Thursday, we have the jalapeno dipped fried chicken. That fried chicken starts marinating on Monday. It marinates on Tuesday. It marinates on Wednesday. It's got the herbs and spices to get into that chicken, and then boom, they flash fry it on Thursday to give you the best fried chicken that you'll ever have. And then, of course, happy hour every weekday, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. That's where we cash in sometimes on Fridays as well. Enjoy those great drinks. Enjoy the great appetizer specials from 3 to 6 every single weekday at Red Door Grill. And with three locations, there's one close to everybody. 159th and Antioch, 119th and uh, Row in Town Center Plaza in Leewood and Camelot Court. And of course, you can find the location in Brookside as well. It's Red Door Grill. Over a decade ago, Jerry Anselmo and his wife Mary Ellen got the news every parent dreads. Their child had passed away. And in those 10 years since the passing of Brian Anselmo, Jerry and his family have created the BMA Foundation. And in that time, they've given back over $1 million and counting to countless Kansas City area charities. Without the BMA Foundation, many in Kansas City would not have the opportunity to have great moments in their lives happen. And it's all because Jerry and Selmo had a vision when his son passed away. That day that Brian died, man, that that had to be and probably is and is the, the worst day of your life. But you used the death of a son to do amazing things for this town in Kansas City. Let, let, let's start with that day when you got the news that your son had passed away. Well, um, I I was retired at the time, and so Mary Ellen was still teaching. Uh, I was watching the grandkids that day, came home around, oh, 5.30 or so, and Mary Ellen came home. It was her birthday, so we were going to go out to dinner, and uh, I said, uh, Asked her, where do you want to go? And she said she didn't care. And she said to me, um, Brian hasn't called me on my birthday. And I said, oh, I'm sure he's busy. He'll he'll give you a call. And I'll never forget it. She says, no, something's wrong. And, and I said, there's nothing wrong. Don't worry about it. Going upstairs, change your clothes, and we'll go out to dinner. And it was probably 15, 20 minutes after that, the doorbell rang, and there was a policewoman at the door, and she asked if um, I knew Brian Anselmo, and, and I said, yes. I said, what kind of trouble is he in? And she said, may I come in? And I said, sure. And then she said, 
those words that, uh, you know, forever etched in my mind, uh, he's passed. And I don't, don't remember much other than um, Mary Ellen coming down the steps crying and I, I just kept, I think I, I think I ever yelled. I think I screamed or something like that. Um, and she t- took me and took Mary Ellen over to the couch and asked if uh, she can call a doctor or whoever we wanted, you know, to call. And um, I think I made one phone call. That was to um, Rick, my uh, son-in-law, to tell him to grab Julie and bring her over. And then um, someone called my daughter, Lori's uh, friend, to ask her to bring Lori over. And then um, we did call a doctor because I felt like uh, Mary Ellen need, or both, we, we didn't know what we needed. We'd never been through this it, you you just you just can't imagine the pain and the shock. Uh, a healthy young man all of a sudden is gone. Um, so that um, all of a sudden people started arriving at the house, and there must have been hundreds of them just coming in, bringing food talking to us for a couple of days. It was ongoing all the time. And, you know, you you can imagine not ever being prepared for this, so you had to prepare for funeral arrangements. You, um, uh, you know, what are you going to do? He lived on a farm. Um, his partner's the one that found him, uh, died in his sleep. So... Those three days were um, uh, sort of a fog for me and, and for Mary Ellen. We remember seeing people, but then there are other people there that I don't remember. Um, and then you have to prepare for a funeral, and the funeral was uh, beautiful. You know, you... Uh, you look out at the at the crowd of people, um, and the church was completely full. Um, they told me there was somewhere around three or four hundred thousand, not thousand, four hundred people lined up outside the church waiting to get in that we never got to see. Um, and then you know, at after that. Uh, we didn't know what to do. Yeah, and and that's where we find ourselves today. You went from we didn't know what to do to 10 years later, you've given over a million dollars plus back to the Kansas City community. From a guy who didn't know what to do to a guy who's done that, that's pretty darn impressive. How have you been able to take the death of your son and transform that into one of the most charitable giving organizations in the BMA Foundation here in Kansas City. Well, it um, it was this this time of year. In fact, might even be close to the day 
that uh, I went to meet our friend Jasper at his restaurant, and he... Um, he Anything wanted, for a free lunch still, huh? Yeah, yeah. well, I, had to, I think <laughs> I had to pay that day. Um, yeah. Anyway, he sat and talked to me, and, and he was trying to encourage me to do something to honor Brian, and he felt like it would give me purpose. Uh, he saw what it was like over those couple of months, you know, what we didn't, we weren't coming, going out. We weren't seeing people. We weren't talking. Uh, and so it was because of that meeting that we had, uh, that, uh, we decided, uh, yeah, let's, let's do something. Um, typically you do like a dinner auction and that's what we decided to do. Um, and what was interesting is, is like a week later, Brian's friends called and said they wanted to meet me. And so we all met with them and they wanted to do a golf tournament. So I didn't know what to do. And I thought, I don't want to upset the apple cart. So let's do both of them. And, uh, uh, and we'll do them on the same weekend and who, who in their right mind does that? I don't think I was in my right mind at the time. You still aren't, are you? No, still, still a little goofy, but, um, that was, uh, you know, 2008, um, the, uh, economy was not good. Mm-hmm. We were in a recession, uh, to try and get a little piece of the the nonprofit pie was probably a crazy thing to do but i wanted to um honor him uh, two two things uh i wanted to honor him and i also wanted to keep his name alive uh that's the one thing that mary ellen constantly said during that time after a while, they're just going to forget him. I don't want people to forget him. He was such a, a lively personality. And I said, well, if we do these things, then maybe we can accomplish that. So I contacted Rockers High School, and I said, would you guys be willing to lend me your uh, facility to do a dinner auction? And they were very gracious and said yes. And so in six months' time, I put together the dinner auction and the golf tournament on the same weekend. Now, mind you, people were being nice to me by telling me don't expect much. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, they were saying don't expect much at all. And I was just determined uh, not to let that happen, not to fail. So we wound up with uh, 200 coming to the golf tournament, which was still our record, you know, that's a lot of people. And then the next day, 400 showed up at the dinner auction. And so what could have been just a one-time deal um, made me start thinking that there's more to this than one time. And so that's when I decided to formulate, uh, you know, get a 501c3, get a board. Let's start thinking about doing something great in Kansas City and it just started out with us at that time just donating money to Rockers. 
And, and so you had that first dinner auction, 400 people are there. You get the idea of doing something bigger. When did the Dancing with the Stars come into play? And you said, you know what? Why don't we do something like that? Let's see yeah. what we can do. That actually happened the next year. Um, one of the things that I always look for when I went to uh, charity events uh, is I wanted to – I like seeing change. I I like seeing different things. I didn't want to come back to the same thing. So it was actually um, Susie Greenberg, who you know, mm-hmm. who said, why don't you look at doing Dancing with the Stars? So we did. Um, we, it, we actually wound up not making as much money. Uh, I didn't have the right choice of a few of the dancers, mm-hmm. uh, but we wound up having 500 people. So I knew I had the concept was there. I just had to refine it and get better at my recruiting. And, um, so the next year somebody said, and this is what really started it going, uh, why don't you go and get one of the stars from the TV show? And that's when things, opened up and we were able to get Tony Dovolani and bring in another guest uh, uh, from the show. Uh, We wound up with uh, 600 and uh, I was able to uh, recruit a better group of dancers. So now we started, you know, expanding and Look at where we are right now. Yeah, 11, 1,200 people yeah. at the last Dancing with the Stars back in June. The next one coming up for Saturday in June yeah. this year, and it's exploded into becoming, I think it's the event of the year. I'm a little biased on that because obviously I'm the yeah. best MC out there. And so I, I think for me, it's it's it, it obviously is the best event of the year. But when people think BMA Foundation, what exactly is the BMA Foundation? It's not just the BMA Foundation. It's the 10-plus charities that you're able to support throughout the course of the year. So I, I want to know how you went from BMA Foundation, Little Tiny Foundation, to saying, you know what, we're going to expand. We're going to support 10 different charities. How did that idea come to you? Well, we we, we, we decided that uh, since we were having such success that we should look at charities that Brian had some type of affiliation with, or Mary Ellen and I did. Uh, we wanted to help. I mean, Operation Breakthrough was one of them who uh, we were friends with the two nuns that started it. Uh, Mary Ellen actually taught uh, their adopted children. Um, uh, St. Regis, where Mary Ellen, you know, taught for 30 years. It's a multicultural school. It needs help. Uh, She wanted to help uh, uh, kids that wanted to go to that school, keep them in school. Um, so we, we had a couple like that, uh, but we were looking for charities that really needed our help. And we ran into a couple that who's unfortunately they're, they lost children. Uh, so that was dear to our heart and we wanted to help them like Noah's Bandy's project and Charlie's house. And, uh, so it it started out with just rockers and then it started to expand a little bit and now we've gotten to the point where there are a lot of charities that would like to become part of the family and we've got to sort of 
sit back and say, wait a minute, we can only <laughs> handle this. In fact, I was just thinking about this uh, this week about, you know, we, we've got to somehow get more money in here because mm-hmm. we're we're not only helping these people, but we're doing giving grants to other charities. And I don't like saying no. Sure. You know, so we've got to think about what the future is going to be for us and how we can expand it and generate more cash flow so we can help local children's charities and one animal welfare. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's, it's it's so many charities that involve children that are so near and dear to everybody's hearts, whether it's fighting cancer or with Charlie's house with the, you know, losing Charlie because he pulled down a dresser of stuff you don't even think about and Team Smile that helps children get, you know, dental work that they normally would not have and wouldn't have the ability to have. And, of course, you mentioned Operation Breakthrough who will help anybody and, and everybody in town with what, whatever they need. I mean, you've, you've got to feel good even though you suffered a huge loss with Brian, knowing that you're making a big difference in Kansas City every single day. Well, I do feel good, but I sort of, um, uh, at times it takes people to remind me that we're really doing well. I'm still thinking about, I've got to continue. I've got to continue to move to get it to where I want. We're not where I want to be yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I want to get it to the point where I can just walk away and say, it's taking care of itself. We've got uh, a great board. We've got someone in charge that's moving it to the next level. And uh, and that's one of the things about, you know, uh, our change in, in our board. And we're getting more of the 40-ish uh, people that have different ideas than I do. And that's good. It, it helps to mold that together. So uh, we're not quite anywhere near where I think we should be. Where, what is your goal? Like, where, where do you think BMA Foundation will be in five years, ten years? Where do you want it to be, I guess? Well, I take it a little little steps, but I'd like us to be, you get to the point where we're generating a million dollars of revenue a year. We're at a half a million or more right now. My next step is to get to the 700000 and I'm trying to figure out how to do that with Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. and maybe doing something else, you know, other than the golf tournament. Uh we had Burn and Kelly, which helped, but uh, I'd, I'd like to do maybe something a little bit bigger. Like uh, what? I don't know. I think I think we need to um, uh, look not just locally, but maybe nationally. Bringing the word, bringing the word about what we're doing, getting people all throughout the uh, the state, the country that's saying, yeah, they're doing a good job in Kansas City. Uh, you see you see what Big Slick does mm-hmm. for Children's Mercy is because they have those stars. Right. Um, imagine this now. They, I think, from what I know, gross like $2.5 million. I don't know what they net it. Mm-hmm. They have thousands of people that help for this event. They have all these stars. Their event was the same weekend as ours. We, our little group, did a half a million mm-hmm. on the same night. Now, so what does that tell me? It tells me if we were able to somehow, I don't, I don't know if it's getting a celebrity or getting something like that to happen where we can get uh, people to get uh, interested in us, I think we could really make it grow. 
And and you have made a grow. I, I I don't think you should look at anything and say, boy, we're not as big as them or we're not as big as this or anything like that because what you've done has been amazing. You went from nothing to nobody even knew who you were to a, a place that's given over millions a million dollars back to the Kansas City community in in less than a decade. And and you've made a big difference in a lot of people's lives. And that can be used as a jumping off point to say in your mind, what's the best story that you've been able to share in these 10-plus years of doing this, not only the Dancing with the Stars, but the BMA Foundation, where you've been able to share and give and make somebody's life better? What's your favorite story in all of that? Hmm. That's tough. I I think it's the little stories, the ones that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young girl that was bullied at a a school and her mother wanted to bring her to a different environment, bring her to a Catholic school where she could uh, have a better environment for her daughter. Uh, She couldn't afford to do that. I was asked by a friend, could you help to make this happen? That young lady who now is in high school has blossomed because of this. She is has gained confidence. She doesn't have to worry about the things that happened to her before. All because we were able able to give her uh, a situation where she could change her life. And that young lady and her mom, her mom, they they send me her grades. They send me pictures of her all the time. That young lady. Uh, that's that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. I want to see, and that's why we do things locally because I want to see what our money is doing and our efforts are doing. That's just one. There's there are other ones too, but you see the smiles on the Operation Breakthrough kids' faces when you go in there, knowing that you're you're doing something to help them, or you go to Children's Mercy with your bag of fun, mm-hmm. you know, and see those beautiful children. So. And from a pet standpoint, you know, at our golf tournament, there were five dogs that they brought, and two of them got adopted. I mean, now these dogs are having a wonderful home. Those are the things that I see. Do you ever think and say, wow, what would have happened to a lot of these people if we weren't here? Yeah. I. What I think, I, I wish in a way that what I'm going through is a dream and that I'd wake up and my son would be right there, mm-hmm. but that I was still doing the same thing, you know, sure. making headway here in town, doing this, but, you know, for a different reason. Yeah, that's what I wish. But, I'm, uh, you know, I still have energy, still full of life and still ready to go, but I, 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 I just think that we can do better. We could always do better. It, it, it's like you're a sports guy. You've seen some great pitchers. You know, we're in the middle of the mm-hmm. series. You've seen some guys that lost their fastball but are painting the corner, and they've gone to being a smarter pitcher, and they're going into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's, I've had my fastball. Now I've got to start you know, hitting the corners and, you know, like a 35-year-old pitcher or yeah. a 74-year-old pitcher. So. 
Um, w- w- with this foundation, you've gotten the opportunity to to meet a lot of people, a lot of people who went through what you went through with, with losing a child. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have lost a child before. What do you say to people who have lost a child and how to deal with that that just, just terrible tragedy? Well, uh, it's interesting you ask that. We were just uh, had dinner with a couple that lost a child in March. And so we, what we try to do, Mary Ellen and I, we want them to open up. We want them to tell us what's going on, you know, how they're feeling. And then what we try to do is give them a time frame of how things are going to work. When is it going to get a little bit easier for you? You know, what, uh, have you gone through your angry stage or, you know, your, you, uh, I, I hate God stage. Those are all different things that you, you go through. Um, how are the other children doing? You know, don't forget the other children. You know, there were times when I was just thinking of me and I forgot about my girls. They lost a brother, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and, and try and get, Allow them to know that they can talk to somebody that has gone through this. Uh, nobody else understands it. We we had friends that lost children, and we were there at their funeral, and we were there to support them, all that stuff. I didn't really know what they went through until this happened. Mm-hmm. So, When does it get easier, or does it ever get easier? Well, the pain never goes away. It just gets less intense. So, um, and you have moments and you usually, uh, well, you'll have them, you'll still have them every week, you know, but one of the, the negative things about me doing this is Brian's face and name are there every day for me every day. So it can be overwhelming at times when I start realizing that he's gone again, you know, so but that could be also one of the positive things. I mean, that's kind of why you started this, to keep his name and legacy right. going. And, and, and there it is. Every day, people are talking about Brian, which yeah. if you didn't do this, they probably wouldn't be talking about Brian every day. That's true. That's true. And people don't know how to approach you. And I understand that. Well, you're very non-approachable. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> I, I get that when question all the this. time from people. <laughs> how do I approach this guy? You just call him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I think I think... You know, his his name and legacy is there. And when we started this, that's what you said. You wanted to keep his name and legacy out there. And for me, as a guy who didn't know Brian, but obviously knows you very well, I feel myself talking about Brian all the time. And I didn't know Brian, but just telling your story and people asking me all the time about, you know, you guys on Facebook are unbelievable and stuff like that. Like, it helps with the memory, the legacy of who Brian was, who you are now, and what this foundation is all about. So this 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 is a name and a legacy, as long as I, I'm concerned, is going to continue on even after you're gone. Well, that's what I wanted. I wanted his name to continue on far after when we're gone. And one of the things that are happening that you're going to be with Friday is is helping that, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Rocker signing him, naming a, or dedicating a porch at their athletic facility in his name. I mean, that... That to me is, uh, you know, the culmination of ten years of of working 
at that one part of keeping his name alive. That mm-hmm. that that will do it. So, if Jasper didn't call you that day and come up with this idea to help you, what, where would you be right now? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Um, it it was a very dark time, you know, and it's. I don't know what I'd be doing. Uh, I, it, you think you'd be here? On Earth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I'd be the same, Jerry. I I think I would have gone into a cave and, and uh, you know, peek my head out every once in a while. But it would have taken me a long time, long time. You know, because you were retired at the time, yeah, and then you didn't have anywhere to go. Any, I didn't have anything to do. Yeah, you know, I, um, and Mary Ellen, I mean, you know, she won't, she won't, she will tell me that no, we 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 have equal pain, but the mothers that that carry the child and give birth to a child and then lose it. I I just have to believe that their pain is even deeper. That feeling of you know having that baby in you. Uh you know, we'll 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 be in the middle of something innocuous and all of a sudden boom, tears start flowing. We hear something or we see something or we smell something, you know, and then it just, reality hits again, you know. So that's why we try to help other parents, maybe to make it a little easier for them. We'd be remiss not to talk about our relationship a little bit on this podcast. I think people are waiting for me to make fun of you and you to make fun of me and, People question all the time. I can't believe you're so mean to Jerry. Every time I bring you up at home, my girls get excited. They love you. They, they they heard something about another Jerry the other day, not doing well. They thought it was you. I mean, we have become very much a part of each other's lives in a, in, in a very good way. And so for those who, who watch us on Facebook and follow us on Facebook, sometimes think, boy, they really hate each other. But I think it's therapeutic for both of us. I really do. I think it's good for both of us to kind of have that fun and knowing that we can rib each other a lot and still at the end of the they love each other you know yeah that is uh i i have comments from people who i don't even know are friends <laughs> who will say oh my god you and fesco and you and fesco and jasper mm-hmm. you get you get jasper involved in this thing you know and, and i'm saying yeah the guy's in that case and uh don't talk but, about Jasper like that. Oh, well, we can. I mean, he's probably not listening to this. Uh, we, uh, to me, it's therapeutic. Humor is therapeutic, and when you find somebody like I have with you that I can uh, rib, I mean, it's like having another fraternity brother. That you know, we're all like that mm-hmm. with each other, teasing each other all the time. And this is great. It's great for uh, people just wait. They wait for you to, um, you know, say something nasty about me. And Truthful. Hurt. You mean it truthful hurts. about you, yeah. 
It really hurts. Yeah, but they say laughter is the best medicine, and, and I find that, and, and I don't know if it's a defense mechanism for me or what, but I try to make a joke out of everything, and that's just the way I am because it's yeah. better to laugh and try to be happy and smile than to sit around and, and, and dwell. Sometimes it doesn't come off as the best in certain situations, but I try to, you know, I try to make it, I try yeah. to make everything and turn it into a joke and into humor. Well, I remember one of the things you said that, <laughs> and this wasn't on Facebook, but it was like, you must have been up late at night, like 10 o'clock, and, and I heard my phone, you know, swish, you know, and so I usually try to keep it away so that I don't have you uh, texting me, but I go to the text and it says, are you still Italian? <laughs> <laughs> going, I'm shutting this phone off, Mary Ellen. I'm going, this guy, doesn't he have anything better to do? Yeah. And I think it was that same day where Mary Ellen texted me and she says, it's great that you're doing that to keep him happy and to keep him laughing. Yeah, so you can thank you your wife for, for all of that. And you can thank your wife for, you know, sicking me on you, basically, is, is, is what she did. So it all comes back to her fault, you know. Yeah. It's, it's ultimately her fault. So what's on tap for this year for Dancing with the Stars? What are you gonna? What are we gonna do money wise? What's the goal this year? Well, I I'd like to get to six hundred thousand this year. Um, if we do it correctly, I thought I had done it correctly, but two of our dancers didn't do very well last year. I mean, it was it was not good. Uh, I think we're gonna have ten again. So, uh, and I think uh, the ones that I've interviewed. Uh, look good. Uh, so if they even hit an average like we have over the last few years, this could be a record year for us. Um, however, our expenses are going up, which, uh, uh, you know, it's always a thing that we have to deal with. So we just got to bring in more people, more revenue. And whoever watches this podcast, if you haven't been to our event it's a wonderful thing it's june 6th this next year and uh, uh i do have emma and sasha coming back uh artem said he's coming back haley's coming back um and so i'll see if any more the stars from dancing with the stars love us i mean they they text me all the time you know saying how you doing how you feeling mm-hmm. which is nice they're beautiful people and they really make show bob will be back with cousin michelle uh, I assume cousin Michelle will be back, uh, um, and uh, we'll be at the Overland Park Convention Center again. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And Bob does a great job, uh, you know, of of MC. There's a real um, what's the word I'm looking for between you and Michelle? It's chemistry. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll tweak some things because we want to. You know, we we always have little things that we can make mm-hmm. it better. So, but on a whole, there isn't a better fundraiser in Kansas City. More fun, bar none. BMAFoundation.org. Right. You can buy tickets, buy tables, make donations, and support those 10 charities. Run through them. Well, we talked about Operation Breakthrough, Rockers High School, St. Regis, uh, the special needs program at St. Thomas More, STM for All, mm-hmm. Team Smile. Uh, Kids TLC, uh, Midwest Animal Rescue, um, who are we missing? Bags about? of Fun, Bags of Noah's fun, Bandage Noah's Project. Bandage Project. I think that, did we miss anybody? 
Hopefully so. not. Hopefully I not. Think that's it. If I have, forgive me if you're listening. He's old. <laughs> yeah. I've got the mad cow. <laughs> we know that. Jerry, yeah. you're the best, my man. You're the best. Thank you, Bob, and I appreciate this. God bless you and your family. Jerry and the BMA Foundation have become very important parts in my life and the lives of my family. They do great work here in Kansas City, and they never turn anybody down. Check them out at bmafoundation.org. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.